Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've read the story of a pastor and the worship leader who was not getting along. That's not us. I mean, I'm just, just, it's the story. And the issues were beginning to spill over into the worship service. And so the pastor decided to do a sermon on commitment and how we should be dedicated and diligent and obedient in serving the Lord. And the worship leader did the song, I Shall Not Be Moved. Well, the next Sunday, the pastor preached on giving and how we should be giving more money to the work of the Lord. And the worship leader did the song, Jesus Paid It All. Well, the next Sunday, the pastor taught a sermon on how we should watch our tongues and gossip. And the worship did the song, I Love to Tell the Story. Well, the pastor was getting pretty aggravated and frustrated. And he told the congregation next Sunday, he would be resigning as the pastor. And the worship leader did the song, Oh, Why Not Tonight? (laughs) That evening... The pastor went on to explain that Jesus had led him to this church and now he was leading him somewhere else. And the worship leader did the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. <laughs> I don't really have a good segue. I just, uh, just decided to just go ahead and read that. If you've been with me, listen, if you've been with me in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, I want you to raise your hand, will you? Will you? Okay, that's a good number of you. And if you've been with me in John chapter 14, I want you to raise your hand, will you? Okay, that's good. Then you know, that's a good number of you. You know that Jesus and his disciples are where? Somebody tell me. They're in the upper room. Very good. And it's the Passover. It's the night before Jesus will be arrested and is sentenced to die. Chapter 14, Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going to leave. And the disciples are bewildered and befuddled and baffled and confused because the one they loved and was willing to die for was now going away. And they don't understand. If Jesus is Mashiach, the Messiah, then why does he have to die? They don't understand how Judas could betray Jesus. They don't understand how Peter could deny Jesus. So in the midst of all of this confusion, Jesus comforts the disciples. And remember, I told you in verses 7 through 14 that Jesus comforted them with three comforting revelations. Were you with me? Number one, the revelation of his person, that he is God. Number two, the revelation of his power, that they would do greater works than Jesus. And number three, the revelation of his promise, whatever they ask in Jesus' name would be given to them. Now, keep in mind, saints, and I want you to keep this in in, in your mind. This is the last night before Jesus' death. In the morning, Jesus is going to be crucified and die a criminal's death. 
And my question to you is, what would you be doing the night before your death? What would you be doing the night before your death? Some people would be partying like it's 1999. And some would be filling out paperwork and getting things in order. And some people would be spending time with family. But Jesus, did you note this? Jesus is spending his last night before his death comforting, are you with me? And encouraging and trying to calm the disciples' fears by giving them a series of promises that should comfort their worry hearts. If you've been with us so far, Jesus has given them some fantastic promises, hasn't he? Come on, travel with me. Look at chapter 14. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. If you're looking at verse 2, say, I'm looking at it. He said in verse 2, he was going to the Father's house and getting ready some stuff for them for when they come. Look at verse 3, talking about fantastic, awesome promises. He said he was going, but he was coming back to get them. Look at verse 12. He told them that, that they would do greater works than he did. What's a greater work than Jesus did? Salvation. Do you understand salvation is the greatest work? Not healing. You know, some people think healing is a great work. Well, healing is a great work, but it's not the greatest work. Are you listening? Salvation is the greatest work. Raising someone from the dead is not the greatest work. Because think about it. If you raise somebody from the dead, they're going to die again. Uh-huh. You're going to die again. But the greatest work is salvation. You know why? Because when you give your life to Jesus, Jesus said, if you believe in him, you will never die. Is that a great promise or am I talking to myself? Is that a great promise? You'll never die. That's the greatest work. Talking about fantastic promises, look at verse 13. He told them that they could ask for anything in his name. And he said it again in verse 14 of chapter 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, as if these promises weren't enough, Jesus gave them five more supernatural promises and blessings. Were you with me last week? He gave us five more. Let's go over them. If you haven't written them down, write them down. Number one, Jesus promises a supernatural helper. Let me have those on the screen right in front of me, if you don't mind. Thank you. Notice of five supernatural promises or blessings. Number one, he promises a supernatural helper. You see it says verse 15 through 17, but actually it's verse 16, my bad, through 17. He promises a supernatural helper. And then secondly, he promises a supernatural life, a supernatural life in verses 18 through 19. And then thirdly, he promises a supernatural union. If you were here last week, you got these, didn't you? A supernatural union in verse 20 through 24. And then number four, he promises a supernatural teacher in verses 25 and 26. A resident truth teacher. And then number five, finally, he promises a supernatural peace in verse 27. A supernatural helper a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, a supernatural peace. Y'all come on, read it with me. You're too quiet. 
He promises, come on, read it with me, a supernatural helper, a supernatural life, a supernatural union, a supernatural teacher, and a supernatural peace. I've titled this sermon, The Comforter. What did I tell you last week? Part two, because last week's sermon was what? Amen. And two comes after one. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Two is after one, basic arithmetic, the comforter, part due. John chapter 14, saints, let's pick up in verse 15. We'll read through verse 27, come back, have some comments, deal with our outline, see how many we can get to today. Last week, we got to one of them, didn't we? Amen. Y'all need to pray for me. All right, look at verse 15. If you're looking at verse 15, say amen. If you love me, Jesus says, what do you say do, saints? Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you, what? Another helper, circle that, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus says. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. And at that day in verse 20, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself too him. And Judas, don't get it twisted, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. That's a fact, y'all. If anybody loves Jesus, you'll keep his word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you in verse 25 while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Who are these promises for? Well, Jesus, listen, tells us that these promises are for all those who love him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The key to qualifying for these spiritual blessings is love for Jesus. All of these promises are are to those who love the Lord. Listen, they don't belong to unregenerated people. Are you listening? These promises don't belong to unregenerated people or unsaved people. They don't belong to people who think they are good. They don't belong to super citizens. They don't belong to decent, law-abiding, respectable, nice people. They belong to people who love God. These promises are only for believers, 
only for lovers of Jesus Christ who are marked out by their obedience. These are the people who will receive the promised blessings. And the way that you show your love for God, listen, saints, the way you show your, look at me, please. The way that you show your love for God is by obedience. The Bible says obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. The way you show your love for God is by your obedience. If you say you love Jesus, the only real test of that love is obedience. It's not lip service. It's not worship service. It's not song service. It's not tithe service. It's one single New Testament test for your love is obedience. Were you with me last week? We looked at the first supernatural promise and blessing. He promises a supernatural helper in verse 16 and 17. And let's just do a review. First of all, Calvary Chapel, help me out. Who is the supernatural helper? Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. Jesus said, look at verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you, somebody help me, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Now, in the Greek language, were you here with me last week? If you were, I'm going to give you the same information that I gave you last week. And the reason I'm going to give you the same information I gave you last week is for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is Christianity 101. If you're going to understand the person, the power, and the work of the Holy Spirit, this is what you have to understand, this information I'm about to give you. The second reason I'm going to continue to give it to you is because over the next several weeks, we are going to be talking about these things over and over and over and over again. And I want you to be with me. I want you to clearly understand. Notice when the Bible says, Jesus says, I will pray the father and he will give you another helper in the Greek language. If you don't have it right written down, write this down. Important. In the Greek language, there are two Greek words for another. Two, one is heteros. Let me slow down. One is heteros or heteros. Some people say H-E-T-E-R-O-S, H-E-T-E-R-O-S, which means another of a different kind. The other Greek word is alos, A-L-L-O-S, which means another of the same kind class and caliber, especially as it relates to divinity and personality. Two Greek words, heteros, which means another of a different kind, alos, which means another of the same kind. Y'all come on, read it with me. I'll make sure you got it. Heteros, which means what? Another of a different kind. And alos, which means what? Another of the same kind. Jesus is saying, I'm sending you another of the same kind. Jesus says, as I was with you, now I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And everything I was to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you. In other words, Jesus had been their helper. The Holy Spirit will be our helper. Jesus had been their teacher. The Holy Spirit will be our teacher. Remember, Jesus was to whatever the disciples needed. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be to the disciples what Jesus was to them. Are y'all following me? what Jesus was to them, and also throughout the ages and the centuries, the Holy Spirit will be to us what Jesus was to them. Did you get that? 
So Jesus says that he was their helper. The Holy Spirit's going to be their helper. Jesus had been their teacher. The Holy Spirit will be their teacher. Jesus as their comforter. Now the Holy Spirit will be their comforter. Jesus had been there to pray with them and heal them and help them and teach them. The helper will be of the same kind. And he will come and he is the exact essence of myself, Jesus says. Now, I told you last week in verse 17, we were going to deal with verse 17 and look at it more closely this week. Look at verse 17 in John chapter 14. Look at verse 17. If you're looking at verse 17, see, I'm looking at it. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Somebody read the rest with me. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Listen, the word with you. I want you to just reach over in your neighbor's Bible and underline that. Go ahead, just scribble it up. I'll wait. Reach over there and just go with you. And then I want you to reach over to the other side (laughs) and underline in you. He will be with you and in you. Now listen, very important. There are three experiences of the Holy Spirit. Not trying to bore you, trying to help you. Listen. There are three experiences of the Holy Spirit or a threefold relationship of the Holy Spirit represented by three Greek prepositions. If you're writing down anything, write that down. Three Greek prepositions. Threefold relationship of the Holy Spirit represented by three Greek prepositions. First of all, para. That's a preposition. Para. P-A-R-A, para. The second Greek preposition is en, like in in, but with an E, en, E-N. And then the third Greek preposition is epi, or some people pronounce it epi, epi, E-P-I, para, en, and epi. The first relationship of the Holy Spirit or this relationship that the Holy Spirit interacts with people is this area called para, or the word para, right next to the word para, write the word in words in the vicinity of, or alongside. In the vicinity of, or alongside. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. In the vicinity of, or alongside. In other words, when you're sharing your faith with someone, do you understand, do y'all understand that it is impossible for a person who doesn't know Christ to even come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit is involved in their coming to Christ? Did you get that? It's impossible for you to even come to know the Lord unless the Holy Spirit begins to work on you or woo you or entice you, or draw you to know the Lord. So you're talking to somebody, and you're sharing the gospel with them, and you're saying, you know, hey, man, you need to know God, and God loves you, and Jesus died for you, and, you know, he's going to, he paid the price for your sins. And if you believe in him, then, and put your faith and trust in him, then, then, then you can go to heaven and spend eternity with God in heaven. And that person is listening and they're going, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. They see, it starts to register with them. 
And they go, yeah, that's, that's right, that's right. If you've ever led anybody to the Lord, you know where I'm talking about. And they, and they go, yeah, 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 that, that's right, that's right. Do you understand when they start to understand what you're saying, that's that para experience where the Holy Spirit is in the vicinity of that person convicting them of their sin. And when they start saying, yeah, that's right, the Holy Spirit is beginning to lift the veil off of their eyes so that they can see the glory of Christ and they can see their need for Christ. Because without that para experience, they see no need for salvation. Somebody clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about. They see no need for salvation. So that para experience is when the Holy Spirit comes alongside and starts to convict them of their sin. And then you say, yeah, you need Jesus and, you know, God wants to save you. And, and, and hey, would you like to receive Christ in your life? Would you like to be born again? And then that person says, yeah, yeah, I do. Now, if you're like most of us, uh, you don't know what to say after that. I know that happened to me. I, I've gotten so used to like sharing the gospel, and you say, hey, would you like to receive Christ? And they go, no, 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 not today. You go, oh, okay, all right, well, maybe next time. <laughs> you know, you get so used to that that when a person says yes, you don't know what to say. That ever happened to you? you they're like, they say, yeah, I would like to go. You go, what do I say now? This has never happened before. What do I say now? So when they say yes and they want to receive Christ, well, then you pray for them. And what happens is that para experience of the Holy Spirit, now the Spirit of God comes to live in them, E-N. And now you are the temple of the living God after you've received Jesus. Somebody say amen. After you receive Jesus, you become the temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And now he dwells in you. And Ephesians tells us, listen, it gets better than that. Watch this. Ephesians tells us that once the Spirit of God comes to live within you, then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, like a package that belongs to God. And you're sealed. The Holy Spirit is sealed in your life. That's why I do not believe a person can lose their salvation. Because how can you lose your salvation if God put the Holy Spirit in you and then he sealed you? What happens when, when you lose your salvation? Does he pop the seal? Like, poop. And the Spirit of God leaves your life? What happens? That doesn't make sense. So when you receive Christ, God seals your life. The Holy Spirit is on your life, and, 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 and he's living in you. So then the question comes up, well, what about the person who, who goes out and sends it up after they come down the aisle and receive Christ? What about that person who goes out there and sends it up? And they go out in the world, and they... Send it up. And they go out in the world and they just send it up. I'm, I'm, wor I'm working here, people. I mean, they go out there and they just get all in the kind of thing. Listen, you got to understand something. Just because a person comes down the aisle when the pastor gives the altar call and they come down the aisle crying and snotting with the tissue can, oh, I want Jesus. I want the man in my life. I want. That does not mean that you're a Christian. Listen, you can have a profession of faith without a possession of faith. Write that down. You can have, I'll wait while you clap your hands because that's true. 
you can have a profession of faith. In other words, you talk about your faith, but you don't have a possession of that faith. So that's possible because I believe that when you are truly born again, and the Spirit of God, you've had that para experience, convicted you of your sin, you received Jesus, are y'all listening? Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and He comes to live with inside of you. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. You are sealed. Well, then you've had the para experience, and then you had the N experience. Y'all still with me? You had the N experience, but then there's that third uh, experience of the Holy Spirit, the epi or epi. Hold your finger right here and fast forward with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Turn quickly. I want to hear those pages turning. Come on, turn quickly. Acts chapter 1. Y'all learning something? Acts chapter 1. Look at this. And here's that third relationship of the spirit, the Greek word epi or epi. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.